0: What is going on? You are listening to Tags Podcast, aka Talk About Gay Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, and this is episode 414, the OG Sex Podcast, alongside co-host Lincoln. How you doing, Lincoln? Doing well. Hey, everybody. It's good to hear your guys' voices. Absolutely, absolutely. Of course, joining us is Cody Maurice-Doggett. How the hell you doing, Cody?
1: hello darling i'm doing wonderful this evening how are you guys doing it's so good to uh, be on the line with you guys well i am so glad that
0: we are together this is making me happy i spent the last four days i did a good thing which i thought a good thing after tags live on wednesday wednesday i was feeling great earlier that day i went and got a flu shot combined it with a COVID vax because I probably watched too much CNN and every doctor on there said get both and they kept saying do it before Halloween or do it on and on and because I'm traveling soon I thought oh my god and I booked it not even thinking on what that could actually mean and I tend to react with these vaccines in in other words the side effects afterwards and After Tags Live, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, dead. Like aches, fever every night, every day. Like I still have a little bit of a crown of a headache. I mean on and on, no appetite. And it was just awful. But I think for me personally, I'm just speaking for me personally, Mm -hmm. that it had to do with double dosing. Like I shouldn't have done the – flu shot i should have spaced it out because i just think my system was like really (laughs) and you your (laughs) body i don't know what i was thinking but the good news is i'm feeling better and i'm talking to you guys i yeah i did miss class though how was class lincoln and cody how was class you want me to
1: go first lincoln you go first, <laughs> uh, Lincoln. He, I don't think he, he goes really hard when we're in class. He like <laughs> tries to murder us, and I'm here for it. I love every second of it. My legs hurt in the first five minutes, and you know what? I'm I'm just here, and I'm here to be used in the class. So <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> love that you want
0: your class to push you like that. What was Ooh. it like? To, what was it a class like? And how are your students today?
2: It was a good class today. I did not make it there last week because it was Halloween, and I went out to the Halloween parade here in New York with my cousins, and we went to Cowgirl Hall of Fame for dinner, and they wanted to do that over being in a room doing fitness. So we had a great time last Monday, and anytime I miss a class, I always feel a little better the following week. So it was good. Classes are different Post pandemic, there's some regulars, but not a lot. People are going to class with different, you know, situations. Some people are wearing a mask. Some people might have just had COVID. Some people have just might have gotten their flu shot. So (laughs) yeah, kind of a mixed bag (laughs) these days, you know, so uh, um, it was good, though. It was a fun class.
0: Oh, God. I'm sorry I missed it. And we'll be there next time. And, you know, today's November 7th when we record this. But tomorrow when this drops, November 8th, it's time to vote. The one thing I did muster up Saturday, believe it or not, I got it together and early voted. So I'm already taken care of. But we, it's so important today, listeners in the States, to vote. Please, please, please vote. It's critical. Are you guys voting? What's going oh, yeah. on, Get, Cody? Yes, good. Vote in tomorrow. Yep. All right. Well, we did. We did last week. Okay. Great. <laughs> Early voted. Love it. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to be glued to the set tomorrow, seeing, hoping for the best. On a sad note, though, we have to mention Aaron Carter. Do you guys know who Aaron Carter is? He, yes. Yeah. So of Nick Carter of the Backstreet Mm -hmm. Boys. But Aaron had his own career. Yeah, had his own career. He passed away at the age of 34 on Saturday in his house in California. And, you know, he's done a lot. He was kind of a Disney, I think a Disney star at one point. Cody, do you know much about him? (laughs)
1: Um, uh, not a lot. I know he had his own career, but I don't know exactly what He, had, he had some understood. childhood successes for yes, sure. Yes, he did. Yeah. He de- I think he had an album or some things out. I don't know if he was on Disney.
0: Yeah, his first album came out and I was just testing you. His first album came out in 19... <laughs> see if you're a true fan or not. His first album came out in 1997 when he was only nine, but it sold a million copies, and it kind of launched his pop career. And in 2012, he released... <laughs> Uh, four studio albums, interesting. And he also went on tour, opening up for Backstreet Boys. Later, he's gotten a lot of press. He's actually came out in 2017 as he came out as bisexual. Yes, I did know that. And, that, and then more recently, he started an OnlyFans in 2020, creating adult content. But sadly, he has suffered from addiction and... His doctor said he suffered from multiple personality disorder, schizophrenia, acute anxiety, and manic depression. So, it's a lot going on there. And so, you know, thoughts and prayers with his family. But, Cody, we keep talking about these people losing at at such an early age. It's
1: so wild. It's just, I can't wrap my head around it. We keep losing people. It's just one after the other after the other. And I can't, it's, it's just so heartbreaking. So, Like you said, thoughts and prayers go out to the family and to everybody else who has passed in the recent, recent days. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, this past weekend was the New York Marathon, which is so cool. If I did feel well, I would have gone to, I love watching the runners as they come in in Central Park. It's really cool. Or you can actually catch them by 5th Avenue and parts of Harlem. It's a huge deal here in New York. Yesterday's weather was beautiful. Insane. Insane. So I can't imagine what a great day for a marathon. And... Runner Jacob Caswell took first place in the non-binary division of the New York City Marathon on Sunday, becoming the first non-binary winner to earn top prize money at the race. So a couple of things there that's interesting. Top prize money, the last part, is interesting because I didn't realize this, but many marathons have individual groupings and then they'll do their race in, say, the Boston Marathon, for example, or in this case, New York, and they'll group certain people and you can register under that and this when they started this particular one the non-binary one it was only 16 runners but it's grown to over 60 and five of the six world marathon major races now have adopted non-binary divisions but the organizations uh, do not currently offer prize money except for new york uh, this year, New York Roadrunners, a nonprofit whose mission is to inspire people through running, paid the winning athletes themselves in total 15000 which is really great. Wow. And uh, so, I mean, congrats. I'll post this on tagspodcast.com because Jacob Caswell, he has some pictures up in they show his Instagram and he's really cute and he's got a sense of humor. It looks like he's got a harness on in one shot, but he did it in just over, is it two hours, a little over two hours, but congratulations to him. I think that's so cool. And I will post this on tagspodcast.com. Cool. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We all got our monkeypox vaccinations and I believe you know, or you, your friends, Lincoln, with Dr. Dimitri Daskakalakis, mm-hmm, who I is the, the Biden administer, M-Po- mpox pox Cesar, and they asked him a question recently as, why isn't my monkeypox spot going away? So if you're one of the 1 million plus people who received a monkeypox vaccine, you may be breathing easier knowing that if you catch the disease, the CDC continues to call um, a public emergency, you will be subject to less extreme symptoms. But if you are uh, one of the 1 million, you may have also experienced an itchy, uncomfortable spot where the... Shot was administered typically on the forearm as opposed to flu or COVID shots. The Mpox spot can last weeks, barely fading or getting more comfortable for days on end. As is this normal and why are vaccines' reactions so different? So they posted the question to Dr. Dimitri Daskakalakis. Das- and I actually, before I read you his answer, mine was a big lump on my forearm for a Mm -hmm. long time i was itching it for a long time it's now almost non-existent and no it's pretty flat now but there's a little discoloration but not much i imagine over time he says the intradermal vaccination approach is safe and effective against the spread of mpox and has allowed hundreds of thousands of americans to receive their vaccine this route of administration has also enabled the U.S. to aggressively combat MPOX, helping to lower cases by over 85%. Um, the spot from the intradermal administration of the vaccine can last for several weeks, but resolves over time. The itchiness can also last for a few weeks in some people, but is no need for alarm. People who have keloid, a condition that results in thicker raised scars, should not mm-hmm. get the intradermal vaccine to avoid more permanent marks and i remember they asked me that when mm-hmm. i got i said no i don't and to minimize the visibility of the spot people can choose to get the vaccine on skin other than their forearm, such as their upper back or oh. shoulder that is covered with clothing so that's good to know information that's all useful
1: information i wish i knew that before i got mine <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: not- <laughs> yeah why is yours on your can you still see it on your forearm cody mine went away in
1: like two days. It was really ridiculous. I was like, do I even have the right vaccination? It was really kind of crazy (laughs) for me. I was like, did they shoot me up with the right stuff? I don't know if they did or not still, but they said I called them and and they said they definitely did. So, yeah. But it was gone so quickly.
0: Yeah, so you're one of those that gets it and no side effects at all. I get every side effect with this kind of stuff. It's just no rhyme or reason. How about you, Lincoln? Um, My
2: Mar I, there's a kind of a little mark there. It's not raised at all. Um, and I got both my flu shot and my booster today, but I've never reacted to anything knock on wood when it comes to vaccines or anything. So I think I'll be okay.
0: Oh, okay. Good for you. I am the lone shark on this one. Jeez. Have, you, have you
2: done them both at the same time before, Steven?
0: No. And I oh, should so you've always
2: not done that. You just did it this time.
0: I just did it this time I booked it I also booked it for my mom in California she's 85 and I had read that get both of them and I was just going by what the doctors are saying flu shot is recommended right now as well as this and so that's what we both
2: did today and we did Moderna for the latest booster because that's the stronger one
0: Okay. Oh and then lastly, are we out of the woods with monkeypox? Just to give you a couple numbers, um, as of October 30th, there cases worldwide, 76,000, U.S. cases, 28,000, worldwide deaths, 36, and U.S. deaths, six. And we are seeing a slight uptick in cases in the last couple of weeks compared to the last couple of months. Interesting. Death rate remains extremely Low. Well, that's interesting that we are, they do credit all the good work that everybody here in the States has been doing. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, if you're traveling to other places, like for example, I'm going to Puerto Vallarta next week. Vallarta Daily reported that in Mexico's health system, which is usually stigmatizing and discriminatory towards people from the LGBTQ community, monkeypox infections have increased division in addition to lack of protocols to deal with cases and a lack of vaccines to combat them. So it's while you might be good here, it's really important, I think, to get it because traveling around the world, everyone may not have access to it like we do here. Oh, wow.
1: That's so so good. I'm so glad that you got yours already. Yeah, me too.
0: In Philly City Health Department seeks to make HIV testing available in pharmacies. Essentially, the accessibility of pharmacies for HIV testing presents unique opportunities for pharmacists to contribute to the identification of undiagnosed HIV. An estimated 90% of urban consumers live within two miles of a pharmacy, and they're offering these pharmacies, if they apply for it, funding to administer these tests. Offering HIV testing in pharmacies may identify HIV-positive individuals without stigma, especially if the pharmacies are offering things like COVID and flu vaccines. Uh, Linking new positives to care will be essential. Increasing access to HIV testing by making Testing available in neighborhood pharmacies is a smart move, says Ken Burns, Executive Director of Action Wellness. Access to HIV testing and providing assistance to link people who test positive to care will be a benefit to the entire community. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that we're not forgetting about HIV. And, you know, not everyone has health insurance. Not everyone can get on PrEP. Not everyone is always thinking about condoms, and I think it's a good thing to have more access. This is in Philly, but I think more places should be offering this. I mean, do you think... Would you get your HIV test at CVS, Lincoln? Is this a good idea? I mean, I would. Um, I don't know if I would or not. I, I I
2: do all that with my primary care physician, but there was a day in my life where I would only do that at a clinic right, <laughs> anonymously because it would affect your health insurance back in oh, like wow. the late 80s, early 90s. So you, you would never get an HIV test with your primary care physician because then they had to report it to the insurance company. But that was a I very time that. now. And HIV isn't even really the death sentence that it used to be. So um, I don't know if I would or not. Not quite there. No, I'm glad
0: it's not a death sentence anymore, but I'm glad that it's available more. I'm glad in places yeah. like here in New York, we have Callum Lord, which is a clinic and some other clinics around the city, but not, Cody, every city has access to these kinds of things in rural parts of like Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of good to offer these uh, the
1: pharmacies to be offering this. What are your thoughts? I think that it's good that it's readily available and that more people can get tested but I what kind of comes up for me is the if you get a positive result the the mental weight of getting a positive result how that affects people if they get a positive result and so yeah. like I would just want people to get su- be be able to get supported and make sure that they have the mental or uh, facilities that are there that people, can, can take advantage of because I wouldn't want anybody to do anything hasty just be just because of this. Like you said, it's not a death anymore, so I feel like they really need to be supported in that time. That's my main concern.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully with the funding that they're going to be allowing – the city of Philadelphia for these clinics to offer it, that they also were having the support system in there because yeah, you don't want to, you know, for example, and it's a totally different case, but when I went to CVS and got my flu and COVID vaccination Mm -hmm. and shot, the guy was really quick and not really, I mean, he was paying attention. He he did do the right shots. I'm not worried about that, (laughs) but it was a little bit like you're on your own and not, I don't know. Not that I needed him to hold my hand or anything, but it was just—I I don't need know. People I to just, hold my hand when I got yeah, my I just, vaccination. They, I was—they like were a, a little unorganized. Maybe they were a little <laughs> unorganized than I would have appreciated, and so I would hope if I was going in for an HIV test, it would be a little bit more, you know, I don't know, more yeah, bedside manner, Yeah. Yes. <laughs> or something. It's such a—and—and and not Lincoln, like we've told stories on the show before where Pose did a really good job of showing this where they would number 48 and then you go down a long white hallway and they shut the door and it's in this tiny office with a computer from 1994 and a folder. And it was just like gut wrenching.
2: Yeah, I think (laughs) if you have health insurance and a primary care physician, that is definitely the preferred way. I think to do all of these, flu shot, COVID shot, HIV test, monkeypox, right? Like, so that's the ultimate goal down the road is that you go with your primary care physician to get all that done if possible. And then it kind of trickles down from there.
0: Yeah, but I do think they're trying to stop the spread and get more knowledge. And they're doing in these urban areas, like the Latinx community, and they specifically stated in the black communities of these urban areas. And I think... They might not always have access. Exactly. To, and so the more we know and can control, there will be less spread. Okay. There's this fashion influencer named Mark Bryan who, okay. do, uh, yes. And he's essentially Mark Bryan in 2020. He's an American robotic engineer living in Germany. He made news for being a straight man who wears skirts. And I was looking at, and he's like shaved head bald of a certain man of a certain age. And he wears these really nice, like a white button down shirt or a sleeveless vest and a pink tie. And then he'll wear a skirt and heels and oh. he, yeah, straight man. He made <laughs> new, he made news for being a straight man who wears skirts, thanks to his bold attitude. Brian became an overnight fashion icon thanks to features in interview, interview magazine, New York Post, Harper's Bazaar, even Instinct magazine did a whole thing on it, which is great. He at the time t- told Instinct, "I don't dress to be sexual, but to dress." like any professional woman would. To me, clothes have no gender. I prefer skirts to dresses. Dresses don't allow me to mix the genders. I prefer a masculine look above the waist and a non-gendered look below the waist. It's all about clothes having no gender. So I really liked that statement and I think really awesome. He has garnered so much attention that Balenciaga (laughs) actually asked him to walk in their spring summer 2022 Paris show, which he looked great in. They dressed him up really amazing. Um, which so all is sounds good, right? Mm-hmm.
2: It's cool. <laughs> yeah. However, wow. recently,
0: yeah. Well, now I don't I don't know what you're gonna think about it next because two years later, in a recent interview with Beyond Fashion on Germany's national television channel, Da Erste however, (laughs) it's become the news for the LGBT community across the internet. In the first episode of Beyond Fashion, titled Gender Fluidity, Does Fashion Have a Gender? It aired in Germany on October 26. And the host, Avi Jacobs, talks with Brian. Um, I'll post the interview on tagspodcast.com. But Jack Jacobs says to Brian that she was excited to meet Brian because she assumed Brian was fighting the LGBT community in a sense of solidarity. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian quickly corrected Jacobs, explaining, quote, I don't really think that I'm fighting with you, but I'm not fighting against you either. I think what I'm doing is helping your community as well. I think what I am doing is helping your community as well. So Brian goes on to talk about how anyone in the LGBTQ community has made things worse for themselves because they are flamboyant when Ooh. they, when they wear skirts and feminine clothing, unlike him, who is masculine. Jakobs expresses her disappointment in her discussion with Brian and Brian was kind of unmoved by it. He said, basically, I've tried to separate myself from the LGB. He said, LGB community because of the gay community that wore skirts and high heels before I did. And I feel like actually they've made it worse for me being straight because now I am assumed to be gay. And that didn't go over well at all. Well, it sent the Internet in a tizzy Um, on people. I saw your homophobic interview, trash, on and on and on. It's so crazy. I mean, I don't know how this will affect him because he was clearly, I don't think this is his career, but you, when you become an influencer and it's such a cool rise and then you open up your mouth. And, like, why did you have to say that? I and mean, lunacy comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So and sh- he had to shut off all the comments on his um, page. I mean, I don't know. What does it surprise you, Lincoln, that somebody could rise up like that and be practically admired and then they open their mouth and then.
2: What, basically- what did he say that was so homophobic, though? If he's saying that as a straight man wearing a skirt, He's separating himself from gay people that become overly flamboyant wearing a skirt. That is the part that got me. that's That's not homophobic. That's just his point. His whole gig was that clothing and accessories don't have a sexuality, right?
1: Okay. That's, that's what that he said originally. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. that He mm-hmm. said originally, and that's what he was celebrated for, that whether it's high heels or military boots, it doesn't matter because clothing and accessories don't have a sexuality. So isn't he just doubling down what he was standing for by saying... Hey, I could put on a skirt and still look like a guy guy, just like a woman can put on combat boots and still be really feminine. You don't have to automatically turn into what that is by putting it on in the mainstream.
1: If He said that if you are gay and you act overly effeminate, if you're just being yourself— Them. Yes, then you bring it upon whatever repercussions you get, whether it be bashing or whether it be ridicule no, or hatred yes, then then you're bringing that upon yourself by acting flamboyantly. Exactly. what, uh, What he
0: actually said, you stated it perfectly. I'll just read it again. So listeners, Brian goes on to talk about how anyone in the LGBTQ community has made things worse for themselves because they are flamboyant when they wear skirts and feminine clothing, unlike him, who is masculine.
2: Okay. But obviously, if he's saying bringing it on themselves, like getting bashed by wearing a skirt and being feminine as a man you bring it on yourself i I, that has a problem now i understand exactly more what he was saying but up until that point i kind of understood that like you Mm -hmm. don't need to put on a skirt as a man and all of a sudden be a drag queen like that you could just be a man in a skirt which is what Balenciaga and the fashion world kind of appreciated about him. I don't understand this. You bring on bashing or you bring on hatred on your own. That's a really irresponsible thing for him to say. So I understand why it turned that way.
0: And and his last statement, I think is ridiculous too, because he says, basically, I've tried to separate myself from the LGBT community okay, well, Balenciaga, I'm sure there was plenty of gays that were on working behind the scenes, as I know, always are at a fashion runway show. And who's consuming the content that when Balenciaga posted on their TikTok and social media, it's women and gays. So I don't yeah, think you're really straight men aren't looking at this. I mean, the percentile I would imagine is very small. So why are you trying to separate yourself from the community? And he says, I'm trying to separate. I've tried to separate myself from the LGBT community because of the gay community that wore skirts and high heels before I did. And I feel like actually they made it worse for me being straight because now I'm assumed to be gay. It's like, hmm. fuck you. you
1: yeah, know? if he was really so progressive, then he wouldn't even care if people thought he was gay. So that, right. well, that really that's kind of exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's
2: the, I don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just really,
1: he was just kind of faking the funk. And then now that he's garnering all of this acclaim, because of, like you said, the gay people that paved the way before him, he wants to kind of spit it back in our faces. And I am, yeah, that kind of really gets my goat. Yes. I I agree with you. I also think that this man is not showing any remorse for his remarks, and he seems very set in his ways. So I think that in this instance, it's okay to cancel him.
0: Well, I want to know what you guys think of this next story. It's very juicy. It's just kind of crazy. (laughs) When I read this story, I was like, oh my God, do you guys know in Chicago the Bar Touche? It's a leather bar.
1: I've never been to Chicago.
0: I've been to it. Jeremy, our other co-host, and I went to touche well they were just celebrated the 45th anniversary with the anniversary with a 45 years wow that's amazing uh with a performance that critics found so offensive that one of the establishment's bartenders quit on the spot and several patrons got up and left the bar. I was so shocked when I read the story, but I was like, I can't wait to talk about this on the show. <laughs> the famous kink and leather bar touche hired puppeteer Jerry Halliday to entertain a crowd assembled for the anniversary soiree. Video clips of the performance show jokes that played on stereotypes and racist tropes of black women and transgender people. Halliday, wow. who is... So Halliday, who is white pulled out a black puppet that he introduced as sister girl which according to bartender chris blue made him immediately uncomfortable Halliday changed his voice to sound like a caricature of a black person witnesses tell the advocate that he made jokes about welfare watermelon and having multiple kids he also belittled the names of black children, witnesses said, and went so far as to reveal what he called an Afro puff Brillo pad beneath the puppet's clothing where human oh, genitalia no. would be. Uh, I know, oh, Cody. I know you're no, like.
1: I don't. I- <laughs> I can't. Uh, so
0: yeah, several audience members wanted to walk out. The bartender was so distraught, he had to leave his shift and he quit. So the th- the crazy thing is, I found this other story where the puppeteer actually, the puppeteer behind racist performance, Touche, says he's retiring his black puppet. Jerry Halliday compared dropping the racist puppet from his act to The Rolling Stones retiring the song "Brown Sugar" after criticism it presented a sexualized view of black women. So the thing is, is like how long he's performed in Vegas and for years and years and years. But have you heard of refreshing your material? And how about sign of the times? So it just I cannot believe that what has he been living under a rock? And these puppets are so near and dear that he's like. Where could he have done this, Cody, anywhere, and this be okay?
1: Not anywhere near me. I can t- I'm i incensed over here. I think you're picking the topics just so I can get mad over here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it's a bar that I love, and it's a bar, you know, 45 years, and I think they made such a big mistake. Like, why was this the entertainment choice? But, you know,
1: whatever who the who in 2022 thinks that this type of behavior is okay to make t- to make fun and ridicule anybody that isn't well even if you ridicule your own race i think that there's a fine line and there's a taste level that you need to that you need to adhere to but it's not okay it's not okay to make not fun okay. of somebody anybody that is different than you it's not okay to to Take our differences and put them on a uh, loudspeaker, and n- just oh, God, it's punching down, and it's not okay. I, it, oh, oh my God,
0: I don't well, even have it's words. Just, well, it's so crazy because the he's been doing this shtick for twenty plus years. Did he not, has he been under a rock the last several years and not know that this isn't okay? I mean, Lincoln, what are your thoughts about this?
2: Well, exactly.
0: The past four years have really sped up a lot
2: of enlightenment for people that weren't that enlightened, and it doesn't look like he was on that bandwagon.
0: (laughs) At all. I mean, I I, I have to tell you, the last
2: time time I was at an event and someone pulled out a puppet (laughs) to talk to was maybe in 1984. Like, I'm not really, you know, remember Madam – On TV. Uh, Yes. I think that was the last puppet I thought was amazing. So that was at least 10 years ago, you know. And And she's
1: offensive. She's
2: like Joan Rivers offensive.
0: It was also, we didn't know better then, and it was 70s, and it was offensive. Correct. When you know better,
2: you do better, but this is not.
0: (laughs) This is 2022, a white man going around with the puppet named Sister Girl with talking about a black, black
1: <laughs> woman. No, thank you, sir. I know.
0: <laughs> I mean, a 45th anniversary, and was there no protocol? Did anybody look at the list roster on, hey, who's handling entertainment? And who thought this was a great idea? Have we looked at his reel of work recently? <laughs> you know what I mean? I just think... Better vetting could have been done to, I mean, being
1: canceled. This man should have been canceled. Okay. He's now
0: going to, because he's gotten so much hate now, he is going to, he's retiring her because it's, you know, I guess in some ways it was a teachable moment. And now he understands the backlash. I think he really didn't get it. And that's sad. That shows us we are really further behind than we thought, people. But if it was a teachable moment, and he retires this silly, this pathetic material, maybe he should just retire.
1: (laughs) There should be classes for people that go through cancel culture, just so that we can, you know, make sure that they are learning things from the experience and the hurt that they bring on other people. I think that we should. We. I think you should. Yeah, well, you're a life coach, Cody. I think you should start it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, I know neither of you are married on our next topic here, but one of you is engaged. (laughs) And there's a great article in The Advocate that I couldn't think of two people I'd rather talk about this to because you're both in couples the, the article is entitled just just deal with it married same sex couples deal better with stress so there's a study from the researchers at the University of Texas at Austin and they published in the journal of social and personal relationships and it found some important differences on how same sex and opposite sex couple couples deal with stress. Although stress is common in all sorts of marriages, researchers have found that same-sex married couples, because they are generally more collaborative than their opposite sex counterparts, are able to deal with stress better together. There were 419 couples who answered a survey on didactic coping and the analysis revealed the differences. Researchers have concluded this comes from a link between gender and coping strategies. The research shows that while there are some gender differences in didactic coping efforts, the effects of supportive and collaborative didactic coping as well as of negative didactic coping on marital quality are the same for all couples. Our findings also emphasize the importance of coping as a couple for marital quality. Uh, same-sex couples face unique stressors related to discrimination and stigma. There's Coping as a couple may be essentially important for them as they do not receive as much support from external extended family, friends, or institutions as different sex couples do. So with that in mind... Lincoln, how do you deal with stress as a couple with pizza? And yeah, I guess that's the question.
2: Well, I think, first of all, Peter and I deal with stress by communicating with one another. Sometimes we need to separate the way he handles things and I handle things and then come back together because I'm very proactive. I'm very, you know, a little hyperbolic at times about reacting to certain things, and he goes very quiet and very stoic. So sometimes that causes more stress between us that we have to just take a deep breath. His strengths come to the forefront, my strengths come to the forefront, and we move forward. I do think what's interesting about what you just said that I'm reminded by is nothing brings people more together than a common enemy, So sometimes Mm. when you're in a gay relationship, and there's a lot of um, you feel you're being judged because you're gay, or they don't like us, because I got to say, we're two white men, like crazy. And sometimes that doesn't work for us. We're in a situation and we're like, wow, people are looking at us in a way that we're not by the color of our skin, and the way we present ourselves, and we should leave this situation. Because it does work the reverse across the board. It's very uncomfortable. So when we have that happen to us, we just bond tighter and move forward. You know what I mean? And I I know some lesbian couples that bond really well being two women in a very male situation that they're like, we're out or we rise above in our own way. So I I do think it's interesting. I also think it depends on the couple like everything else.
0: I really love what you said on how you in general you talk you communicate but you have different ways at different times and you know when to okay separate i like that too and let each other kind of be and handle it in its their your own unique way i think that's so key too yeah. to respecting each other and making it work cody how does it work for you and joe
1: it's very similar but it's a little bit different because i um joe is very I feel like he's more of the Lincoln in our relationship, and I want to say that I'm more of the Peter. But I am—I'm excitable, is the thing. And I think that with me, it—I tend to, uh, if he's upset, then I get upset, and then we—we, we, and and then the communication—there's a breakdown in the communication. I think that when we both, like Lincoln said, when we take a step back, and then we are able to. Process our emotions, and we're able to come back together. That's when it works the best, because that's when we our communication is on point, everything is aligned, and that's when we can really move forward in a healthy and respectful way. So, yeah. It also, you know, what I'm Puerto Rican, he's Italian, so <laughs> so there that I go. think that's something to do that goes with it as well. So, I would I would add to
0: the early part of the article said generally more collaborative same-sex married couples again you're not married but generally more collaborative that would fall under what like lincoln as and peter you two are very collaborative and what you like and what you do i think cody can you speak to that really quick
1: i i um I think that what we, we we tend to bond on a lot of things that especially being socialized as two gay men, then that is where the collaborative thing because it, it really molds the way your outlook is on the world. So I think that that's where our collaboration comes in because we do tend to like a lot of the same things being in a relationship in 2022 post pandemic
2: in the world that we're living is very different than five years ago or 10 years ago i know i get done with a week sometimes and i'm like wow I did not tolerate people at all this week (laughs) for whatever reason. And you can say it's because it's a full moon or it's because of an hour change with daylight saving time, or it's because I didn't eat right this week or it's because I drank too much or didn't drink enough for, you know what I mean? And there's, could you imagine being in the middle of all, we're we're very complex and very fragile people that are like 90% water. Yet we walk (laughs) around like we're made of steel and that we have the right to either put someone on a pedestal or completely destroy them, depending on how they hit us in a given moment.
1: Yeah, it's such no. a
2: weird world that we're, you know, where's the empathy? Come on.
1: I agree. Yeah. And I think that even taking that just a, a mm. little bit further and being kind to yourself as well, because, you know, Absolutely. we're not we are not perfect people at the end of the day. And the things that you just mentioned, they're going to happen because we're human beings. So yes. be kind to yourself. Be kind to other people as much as you can and just have some grace with yourself. Yeah. Well, and. Lastly,
0: I was really struck by this guy, Prep Advocate. He goes by the name of Damon L. Jacobs. He has a web series that I want to be on. (laughs) Instead of TED Talks, it's called Tub Talks, which he's literally in a bathtub having conversations with his guests. Tub Talks features honest conversations about sex, body, image, and HIV, all while naked in the tub, And he launched after COVID. Tub Talks allows people like a you equals you proponent, a sex writer, uh, a journalist, an act up legend. uh, On and on and on, he's had different people. And I was looking at his tub and he's got... Share and Queen. Who's the lead singer of Queen? Oh my Freddie, Mercury? Freddie, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. Do you know the Celebra Ducks? Mm-hmm. they are these little duckies. And I have a Madonna celebr celebrity duck. Oh. And it's it's Madonna Dude. from the Truth or Dare concert. And she's got the pointed bra. They're just little oh, ducks.
2: Oh, I have that too. I have that duck. Just, yeah. that duck.
0: Yeah. So there's a bunch of them. There's shared Freddie Mercury, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And I wanna be I wanna get on this show and get in the tub with them naked and bring my Madonna one and put it right next to it and be which I think would so Cool. But one of the questions that he asks his guests, the first question is, what do you like about your body? And so in honor that hopefully I'll be a, get, be a guest on this show, I'll ask you guys, <laughs> what do you like about your body, Cody? Uh,
1: me first? It's, I'm okay. sure it's an easy one for you. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, I am starting to love more. Okay. The thing that I really love and – my butt is 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 pretty nice i love my butt i think that it's great i think that especially now that bucks butts are in vogue or in fashion you know i think that i think i've come to love my body more the more i work out and the more that i am on instagram naked basically (laughs) (laughs) i find that i love more things about my body so i i'm I kind of love my whole body, honestly, except for my my left. Because
2: foot. she started taking my class.
1: Is that that's <laughs> what that is? That's what my legs still hurt. I just want you to know that, right? Oh, uh, good. <laughs> but yeah, I'm starting to love my my whole body, honestly. Lincoln, what
0: do you love like about your body? Um, I like my height, and I have a
1: great dick.
0: Oh, I know. I love that. Is that an
1: option? Okay, I was okay. I <laughs> my, list my lips are good, and I have
2: my mother's eyes, so my eyes are always also a thing. Um, but also, my legs are my dad's legs. No matter if I gain weight, lose weight, even when I had some surgeries, my legs still hold their own. Um, I like my hair. I'm I'm pretty good with for being so self deprecating and having such weight problems my whole life and i still can definitely get up and walk from the bedroom to the bathroom going oh my god i drank too much i ate so poorly over the last week i am disgusting i should not i could i have those moments but when really asked what do you love about your body i'm uh, i'm good with mine i don't need anyone else's I, I used to that. be in that, like, I want to be shorty. I want to be a shorty. I wish I was, you know, this ethnicity because I like this about it. I wish I had this, you know, going on that my um my, my genetics were automatically giving me a certain eight pack or a certain curve somewhere. But my genetics working with the work I put into myself, I'm
0: good.
1: I like that. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What do you love about your body?
0: Um, well, if you ask me what do I like about it now after practically fasting, not by choice for the last four days, I love my waist. <laughs> <laughs> I have like like a ty- back to 32 and I'm going to this wedding that I'm showing kind of a midriff top. And so I'm excited about that today, but so weird when I was thinking about it, what do I like about my body? I like my body as a whole. I, I like even, I have scars on my ankle and I would mm-hmm. have thought that I, because I've had ma- major surgery, ankle surgery, and then I had Achilles tendon surgery 15 years ago. I like my, I like touching my scars and telling Massage therapist, that they're there. They're kind of my war wounds, that there's a story behind it. I don't, I like that a lot about it. Um, Steve, I, sh- I
2: hope you're yeah. going to remember this because you're a view watcher.
0: Did you watch, <laughs> Why?
2: Did you watch The View with Matthew Perry? Matthew Perry?
0: I did, yes. What did, did he you say? you remember
2: he said that quote about the scars?
0: Oh, did Do you remember he say that? that? It
2: was really, yeah, he said that he was talking to Martin Sheen. And Martin Sheen told him this story about how, oh man, I wish we could remember it for this segment because it was so poignant that when somebody passed away or whatever, they went to the, the pearly gates and and the guy said, you know, do you have any scars? Right? It was something oh, like yes, Oh yes, it was something this. about And the scars. guy was like, I have no scars. And he was like really proud of it. Right. And, guy, and what did the guy say back? Like, Oh,
0: oh was shit. your
2: life that worth living or it wasn't that much of a struggle or something. Well, so I get that.
0: Yeah. It was really, it took,
2: it, and it took everyone's breath away on the table, in the audience, and you could tell that in the book, it's really good. Whoopi also told him to retell it. So if anyone out there watches, you know, with <laughs> Matthew Perry or reads his book, because listen, there's a lot of gay guys, totally change of subject, but there's a lot of gay guys that have gone through recovery, that have gone through really Absolutely. hard things. So this guy sounds like he wrote a book, throwing it all out there to motivate us to no matter where we are, we can get out of whatever we're struggling with.
0: I'm hundred percent agree. Sometimes. No, from your beautiful 100%. body
2: to Matthew Perry's scars. there you go. I love
0: it. Yes. Yeah, all about my scars. Right. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. So much fun. Thank you for participating in this. You can like us on all, um, like us on Apple podcasts, rate and review us or listen to us wherever you get your podcast go to tagspodcast.com you can follow my co-host you can follow lincoln he as at mad lincoln mad lincoln or protein bakery at protein bakery follow cody maurice dogat at mr maurice mr maurice or he's a life coach at kmd coaching kmd coaching Follow me at I am underscore Steve V. I am underscore Steve V or at Tags Podcast. Guys, thank you so much. This has been great. Thank you. So much to cover. Yes. I right know. Thank you. And in the meantime, continue having hot, hot day,
2: day sex.
1: sex. Yes.
0: Sex.